What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Academics and Amigos. I'm your host, Anthony Ramirez, and this week, my friend and cook, writer, Gerardo Paz, aka Jerry, will be a guest on this episode. And as I mentioned before, he's a very talented cook, and he does a lot of great writing and volunteer work. So with that being said, let's hear what he has to say and check out this episode. I'm here with my friend, Gerardo Jerry Paz, and throughout this interview, um, you'll see uh, in 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 the published stuff that we have, it'll be Gerardo Paz, right? In 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 the advertising and all that good stuff. But since uh, I, I know him, <laughs> we've known each other a while and a good while. Uh, I've always known him as Jerry. So if you hear me rever- rever- like call him Jerry, it's just it's a thing that we've had for a while, and that's how <laughs> we met each. You know, we met each other through a mutual friend of ours, um, yeah. Ivan Ortega. And Ivan Ortega. So shout out to Ivan because I know Ivan since first grade, dude. The Hulkster, yeah, I've known him <laughs> since third since third grade. I met him, dude. It's so crazy, yeah. and but um, you know, shout out to Ivan for for you know introducing Jerry and I together because we first started, we first met, um, I think at Ivan's house too. Yeah, I think and, it was his birthday. Yeah, it was. I think his birthday, and then you had like a Spider Man shirt on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then we just like started geeking out about comics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get into this whole conversation, let me just get, let me just, uh, mention like some of the amazing stuff that you do, Jerry. Um, so you're Thank a cook, you. you're a writer and you're a volunteer worker, all of which we'll, we'll get to, uh, into this conversation because I think yeah. all of this is very important, uh, to highlight because these are really fantastic things that you're doing right now. And Thank you. so, so one of the th- first questions I have for you, Jerry, is, um, how did you get into cooking and who are some of the cooks or chefs that inspire you and uh that maybe like even like in terms of like uh, the type of food that you cook or um the type of food that you want to cook um yeah well okay um so cooking kind of came to me as an accident kind of um in university i studied creative writing uh but there was a semester where i did a little too much partying (laughs) and so I had to go to community college for a semester and do kind of like a good, a good semester, I guess. And I just thought, man, like, I don't want to just do the same things that I'm doing at university. I want to learn something else. So I enrolled into culinary school mm-hmm. and um, yeah, man, that's pretty much where the, where the love came. But then a, a good friend of mine, Christian, um, which cooks out with, here with me in Seattle, um, he needed help and I hadn't cooked in a long time, like any, like anything like that. So it was just like, you want to jump on the crew? And I said, yeah, man. And two years later I ended up uh, managing the place when he took off. Um, And when I was at just fit, I also did some volunteer work for like the child crisis center. Mm -hmm. Um, I also attended a, a seminar for uh, like a food writing seminar in Santa Fe. Oh, cool. So I met a lot of, um, I met some published writers. Like the year that I was there, one of the teachers had gotten the James Beard Award for food journalism. Mm-hmm. Very cool guy that I met, Bill Addison. Um, and I've met some, you know, um, Robert, Robert Martin, who is a chef out in Santa Fe. Um, went to go eat dinner at his place and uh, that was probably the first time I ever had 
contact with fine dining. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down and it was like a formal kind of thing. And um, I just felt like, you know, I've already done all these other stuff, kind of like, um, you know, volunteering for the, for the food, for the child crisis center. I had done a, a burger bash where I came in second place. Oh, um, awesome. You know, so I've, to me, like the cooking aspect, I never, I never want it to be mundane. I never, I don't even see it as a, I don't see it as a job. Mm-hmm. I see it as a career and a platform really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, because I mean, I, I could have just stayed in El Paso and cooked anywhere, you know, you know, but I, I thought to myself, I think you need to kind of open up your horizons and go and, you know, learn some stuff. And that's the thing is that like, I don't know if I have chefs that I look up to because like the chefs that I read about, I don't have the money to go eat their, their food. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's true that you eat with your eyes first and I get a lot of like ideas from like plating and looking at other chefs. But if I was to say like the chefs that I admire, it would be um, maybe chef Kalina bliss, who I worked out with, who I worked with out here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Um, She is now the head chef at conversation at the Thompson. Um, I've worked with um, Eric Rivera from Ado. Mm -hmm. His Puerto Rican style food is very good. Um, Johnny Radziski, I'm going to butcher his name because it's really hard to say his last name, but he's the one who runs the Feed the Movement Seattle out here, feeding the the protesters at at Chop, at Chaz. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've heard about that. No, no, no. Like, we can definitely get into more detail about that a little bit later. So, yeah, just I I feel like right now it's very practical for me to just kind of be a fan of people's foods that I've eaten. So I don't know if I've, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've read some books before, you know, Enrique Olvera, a lot of stuff on mole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those are my influences, man. People that I've worked with and, you know, just people who I've read their stuff. You know what I mean? And how have, how have some of these chefs that you've worked with shaped your style of cooking? And, and even like you brought a mole and we were talking about that before we started, uh, recording our conversation we had a prior conversation earlier about mole right um so how has uh how have some of these chefs that you've worked with really like influenced your style of uh cooking and what would you say your style of cooking is so i don't think i found a style of cooking yet Mm -hmm. well i don't know i as you know i post a lot of my cooking online i'm not very i'm not very shy about like what it is that i do um i think that cooks should be more um proud of what they do i mean we nourish people and we and we do stuff like um volunteer work and um you know pushing new cuisines into the into the mainstream Mm -hmm. um so for me i've i've had people comment or send me messages that my food looks delicious but it also looks kind of like like maybe for like stoners <laughs> okay so, and you know and that's not so bad because i mean i feel like jack in the box was doing that a few years ago and you know it, i mean like it took I, wonder off, too. I think it took yeah. off too the yeah, i wonder how much they sold i'm yeah. sorry the munchy meals right the munchy meals yeah exactly <laughs> that's right even the commercials and everything was totally advertised for that yeah you know and i'm not, I'm not here to advocate for like for weed use or anything like that but what I'm saying is that, like, I just feel like make something look delicious, man. 
Yeah, you know? yeah. Just make it look fucking scrumptious. I want you to when if you haven't tasted my food, I want you to be like, God damn, I gotta go get this right now. You know, now I, I I want cheese to be oozing and sauces to be oozing. And, mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, man, that's just what I want. That's I guess that's my style of cooking is just make it look delicious. You know, and and it's cool. You know what I like about food is is like you mentioned you like you eat with your eyes first and that's what really uh, like like gravitates people to like oh i want to try this because it looks delicious right? right on top of that one you know eating is a whole experience like it, it really is it's um you're using all your senses because you can hear the sizzling or the grill or whatever you smell right. the food you taste it you could you know, and once you're eating it, plus you can feel the texture of it too. Right. And so it's a whole experience in itself. And yeah. I, I like, I like the way that you, you were describing that too, um, earlier right now that you kind of, it kind of, it kind of reminded me of that, that it's a whole experience and it's an yeah. ambiance. It really is. Yeah. It can be as simple as a diner plate and a burger for McDonald's. And that's an experience in itself because McDonald's exactly. is, is a, is a full on environmental ambiance. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to like a fine dining restaurant that Kindle lit dinner, et cetera, you know? Right. Right. And I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I feel like I'm kind of like one of those food nerds. I love going to a restaurant and sitting at the counter. If you can see the cook and not just because I want to see like, all oh, like, is he being like, you know, cleanly or whatever? No, I just, I love equip. I like quick. I like watching kitchen equipment and, like I'm, I'm very nerdy when it comes to that kind of stuff. So like, the ambience of like greasy spoons, like um, you know, diners and stuff like that. I love all that stuff. Uh, fine dining, if you're getting coursed out meals, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember there was this one, there was this one instance where I had done something wrong on a on a prep. It was for a pastry, and my chef at six seven had come up to me not pissed off or anything like that, but he was just like, he kind of knew like what I want, what I was trying to get out of uh, my experience up here. Mm-hmm. And he told me like, one of these days you're going to understand that like, you need to follow the recipes to the T because these recipes have been thought out They're So they're methodical and they're, and you know, it's, it's an experience for our diner. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Um, when you come to a restaurant, you expect something about it from it, you know what I mean? Something more. So I feel like restaurants are very integral and important to the development of society, honestly. You know what I mean? I don't want to get too philosophical, but I mean. I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, dude, we can get as philosophical as, as you'd want because I'm pretty sure there's people that are going to get and they're going to be like, yo, for real. You know, they're going to yeah, get down with that. Dude. If, you, if you think about it, I mean, if you lose, and this is a lot of like, you know, philosophical and political, honestly, but mm-hmm. you know, like right now, especially with the pandemic happening and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. my industry, the industry that, no, I don't want to say my industry, but the industry that, that I feel very passionate about. Mm-hmm. We're in dire need of some help right now, man. Like, um, you know, I know a lot of cooks that are, you know, unemployed right now. Mm -hmm. And the other part too is that we work under conditions where it's like being called names and being 
thrown stuff like dishes or forks because a, a chef is angry because you screwed up mm-hmm. is not uncommon practice. now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like a lot of mental, a lot of mental abuse goes on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, and this might be a little bit touchy, but um, I'm very worried for people who only know kitchen life. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fortunate enough that I went to college and, you know, if I wanted to, I'd become an English teacher. I mean, I was tutoring English composition this summer or yeah. um, this, this spring. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm very lucky in that, but I know a lot of cooks who, who don't do, who don't have something to fall back on, you know? So mm-hmm. I worry for my comrades, you know, for those that have those kind of mental issues or, you know, just breakdowns, you know, mm-hmm. cause I've seen them on the line and, if you've ever worked in a kitchen, a high volume kitchen, like the one that I cook at, it's like 400 plates a night. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine that dude, like in under, under four hours. Cause dinner's like four hours, 400 plates. That's a hundred plates an hour, dude. That's, that's like, heavy. And it's, and you know, everything needs to be perfect dude, because they will send it back. People will send it back if, they're, if they don't like it. And that's the thing that goes into a lot of like how I'm saying like, the experience, you know, mm-hmm. you really have to love this industry or you really have to be methodical in the thought process of building a plate mm-hmm. for a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I could see a lot of that, like um, a lot of what you're feeling in a PhD program too, uh-huh. because it's a lot of mental wear and tear. It's a lot, it's a lot of stress that goes into it. But you know what? It, it, you have to love what you're doing in order yep. to continue wanting to grow, wanting to learn, and wanting to build yourself. And yep. I see a lot of those commonalities between our two professions. Right. And it's just, it's really interesting. I was like, wow, you know, like when you're mentioning all that, I was like, oh my God, I see a lot of myself in that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And see, and that's the thing is that like, but something like yours, like your profession, and mm-hmm. we're talking about this right now. Um, when you say like, I'm a PhD, I'm a PhD um, student, mm-hmm. there's a little more of like, oh shit, like, damn, he's a PhD student. But if you say I'm a cook, it's, it's barely getting to that position where it's like, oh shit, you're a cook, you're a chef. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm not a chef. I'm a cook. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not in charge. And I know a lot of those people that like, you know, I think I already said this, but um, that just want to be cooks and they're damn good at their job. Mm-hmm. And I respect them for that shit. Dude. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know if I can cuss. <laughs> it's all good, dude. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, that's why I feel like our our profession is in dire needs right now mm-hmm. of some maybe like a bailout, man. Because I mean, you know, if if we lose restaurants, we lose the conversation of ethnicity. Um, we lose a lot of conversations of integration, equality. Because a lot of a lot of culture comes from food. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. It's, I'm not saying that it's all that because obviously there's music, there's poetry, there's uh, Latino studies. I mean, studies like uh, professors like you, yourself. Mm-hmm. That, you know, but I think food carries a lot of the culture. Oh, without a doubt, dude. I think that, that food is definitely a... Mm-hmm cultural marker within any uh race or ethnicity ethnicity 
you know it's definitely that you know i think every race and every ethnicity has their own sense of uh you know with food has its own sense of cultural gravitas you know what i mean right right and, exactly and it, like especially like the mexican culture i think what's so cool is that it it's we're we're very proud people in that sense you know yeah like dude, like in <laughs> every time i'm here in college station I tell people how delicious the Mexican food is in El Paso. And don't you ever tell me how great Texas is because I will like, you know, like say that that's the worst. It's yeah. crap. I'll just say it's crap. You know, <laughs> like I'm going to be honest well, with you. You know, but I, and we were talking about this earlier before the, before we started. Um, I don't know. I, I don't feel, I, I, I have to disagree with you on that. Okay. No, that's cool. I have to disagree with you on that because, um, Carlos and Mickey's, I feel, you know, and you know, you know, Carlos and Mickey's. Oh, dude, it's a staple. I feel like that is touching on Tex-Mex. Yes. No, that, that, dude, like you're hitting the nail on the head right there. It totally is hitting that. Yeah. And see, and I, there's this show that I was watching the other day. Um, It's a, it's an okay show. It's about, it's about, um, it's called Sweet Bitter or Bittersweet or something like that, but total novella for chick flick kind of thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. but there's it's about chefs and there was this one chef who on the show was doing some plate and the guy behind him said something about tex-mex and the chef got pissed and says tex-mex is not a valid genre and i'm just like yeah but i'm 31 years old now and i grew up on tex-mex i am from you know the border mm-hmm. i feel like tex-mex should have its 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 time in the sun as well you know i mean i mean it's it's something that that i don't know about you but i feel very proud that i came from the border oh dude going somewhere else dude i'm like i i shouted to the top of my lungs here dude i have shirts that say i love el paso i'm always (laughs) wearing i still rock utep shirts here at a&m um dude i am like loud and proud about being in el paso and like in a border kid you know uh and honestly i've i've i just i think that it was funny because i had a conversation last summer with these two cooks who mm-hmm. were from mexico mm-hmm. they were they were these uh what do you how do you call it i guess like foreign exchange it, it was okay. a it was a program that my kitchen had for um and i've I've gone so they come I've met four of them because mm-hmm. they come in pairs mm-hmm. so in 2018 the first pair came and they were these two girls um from Mexico one from the FA and the other one from Guadalajara I believe oh okay and then, and then after they left two got two guys came one of them from the FA and then the other one from Hal- no actually from uh what the hell is it called Tijuana okay so I've I've cooked with actual Mexican um, mm-hmm. culinary people because these are they come from culinary um, backgrounds like school wise you know what I mean mm-hmm. and they said the same thing Tex-Mex isn't real it's 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 shit it's crap mm-hmm. but it's like you didn't grow up on the border though man like yeah you know what I mean there's a there's a love that I have for Tex-Mex I don't know why but. What I find interesting, though, I think the Tex-Mex that maybe you're referring to is very different from the one that I experienced here in College Station. It's like, it's, um, it's, it's, it's like Mexican food that has been whitewashed. Right. 
You know what I mean? In comparison yeah, yeah. to like Carlos and Mickey's, it still has a little sense of office authenticity and uh-huh. uh to it, you know, but it's still a little like acculturated or uh, I guess. Uh you know, it's still been a little acculturated, but it's not as whitewashed as like uh some of the places here, you know. At least at yeah. Carlos and Mickey's they don't call it gravy, like we were talking about <laughs> earlier. Like we were talking, you know, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, you know, like well. So, and I was going to comment on that. In 2007, there was this kind of thing that happened. Um, we had just graduated uh, college. I didn't learn about this till later. Uh-huh. But uh, for some reason, um, all sauces were called gravy. It's not, it, they weren't just hitting us. It was just like a term. It's, a, it's an umbrella kind of thing uh-huh. to like make it like bring me the gravy. It's kind of like so that that way you can get away from like things like Jew or um, ad, I'm sorry, Aju or like um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm drawing a blank right now on what I'm trying um, on on or the like terminology. But that, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. But it's like it was called gravy, and then it wasn't called gravy anymore, and then it became gravy again. It's just it's just a term. I think it's just like a kitchen term for like quickness, like bring me mm. the fucking gravy. Mm. You know what I mean? So. But I don't. I definitely get understand what you what you what you're getting to. It's like, do not call my mole a, a fucking gravy, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but the convert. But you know, it, it's still. If you're included into a conversation in any way possible, mm-hmm. I think it's still a win at the end of the day. De- you know, I, I, I think so because one, I think it's broadening some cultural experiences for people that they might not have had before. So for example, maybe in Seattle, people haven't tried mole, you know? Right. Uh, and so, you know, you're introducing mole to them, even though it might be called in the, in the, in the menu, like yeah. Mexican gravy or whatever yeah, the yeah. they don't want to call it, you know, but you know, at least it's giving these people that experience of like, Hey, this is what my culture is and taste a little bit of my culture, you know? Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, I think that's special dude, because yeah, like like what we were hinting at earlier too it's like it's a it's a whole experience and especially like in mexican families dude like whenever we have a carne asada or a potluck or even like whatever like a party or something it's an experience it really is and some of these dishes our families get down with you know uh whether it's mole menudo uh pozole um enchiladas you know etc cetera, etc cetera, you know yeah uh there's so much love and heart and culture that goes into this food you know mm-hmm. and and the fact that we get it you know i think it's cool especially like i always tell people if you ever have a chance to go to el paso try some of the mexican food there because yeah. it's gonna be some of the best mexican food you're ever gonna have in your life yep. you know and and so when i tell them that they're like oh man we gotta go we gotta go and the people that I have talked to and have gone to visit they're like dude you weren't kidding now i understand why you have so high standards yeah, man. <laughs> it's because it's because i believe that the mexican kitchen is so diverse just because of all the colonization that happened and let me tell you something interesting actually mm-hmm. um i have this book it's called tacopedia and so you know the taco the taco the mole um menudo all that stuff is you know considered mexican but mm-hmm. within the mexican culture there are slight differences that make that dish something else like let me give you an example mm-hmm. menudo here in seattle mm-hmm. 
doesn't have masa in uh the masa you know the hominy oh the hominy yeah 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 okay i've i've i cannot find a freaking menudo out here with the hominy to save my life what do they put then they just put the it's just the meat and the red sauce and the red uh broth and then they eat it with tortillas huh instead of like the bolillo right no bolillo and let me let me go even further on that is that i don't know about for you but like for me Menudo was a thing that I grew up with almost every weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, dude. Yeah, it's definitely, dude. But and pozole, it's like for breakfast. Yeah, but pozole mm-hmm. was like for special occasions. Yeah, uh-huh. I could see you that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, well, in the city, because I, I was dating this girl out here, and she's from, she was from the EFE. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, it's reverse. It's pozole is more common, and menudo is for... Is for um, Special it's for like occasion. special occasions, yeah. Huh, but she also doesn't use the hominy either. Oh wow! Okay. So it's yeah. very regional. It's a regional thing. Hmm. And that yeah. goes back to the cultural aspect of yeah, it too. It, you know, it, it really it's does. wow. It's cool. Um, you know, there's this whole sense of mestizo involved within the actual right. food itself. You know, right. like that mixture of culture that that happened uh, because of our history too. So I think that's. Yeah that's like fascinating dude it's fascinating and like back to even like moles you know i mean you have like the green moles i know mm-hmm. in, in i think um i'm drawing a blank on the place that she was telling me right now but it's like dark darker moles then you mm-hmm. have you know yellow moles even um yeah. you know the different kinds of maize that they grow as well mm-hmm. changes the color of the tortilla that you're having um you know, just a lot of stuff, um, like the escadas and things like that. I, I feel like it's, it's in Mexico is very much like the United States in the fact that, you know, southern, southern states mm-hmm. have different traditions than something in the north that's closer to it. Because, like I tell you, the, the two girls that came up, we had a conversation one time about um, elote. Mm. So the girl that I was dating, she had never really had, um, ah, man, I think she calls it esquite or something like that. Okay. I believe that's what she calls it. But, you know, it's like the, the corn in the cob, the corn in the cob or the corn yeah. in the, in uh-huh. the, in the, um, the vaso the or the elote. The yeah, vaso. dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they call it something different. And, and, and I don't believe that. Uh, I'm drawing a blank if they had mayo or not, but you know sometimes they have mayo on it. Or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, so it's very regional. You know what I mean? You, that's what that's what that's what gets me like upset sometimes too. That when people say like Mexican food, but I guess I should I should say that. I mean, I've had more contact with people from actual Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, very oddly enough, up here in Seattle, more than I did in in El Paso, which is actually Mexico. You know, like that's you know what I mean? Like, wow, it's so weird. It's so weird. So it's like. I feel like you shouldn't put Mexican cuisine into one pot. Mm-hmm. It deserves a different, it deserves a saucier. It deserves um, a grill station. It deserves, um, you know, different kinds of, because I mean, when you get to like, when you get to like um, the oceans, they eat more pescado. You know oh, definitely. Mean? dude. So definitely. it's like, it's, it's a very regional country that should be celebrated a lot more. And the kitchen should be looked at a lot more even in the way that like you would look at you know french cuisine mm. that, that, and that you know 
it's interesting having this conversation. I'm reminded of this doc, this this docu series that's on Netflix. Uh-huh. On uh, I think it's called the Taco Chronicles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and what what they do each episode dissects like different forms of tacos. They uh-huh. did one of carnitas, I think al pastor, um, and some other ones. Off, of, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but right, they're right. done in Spanish, right? And uh, it's really cool because it focuses on like the history of like al pastor, mm. the history of carnitas, and how it's how each of them were like popularized and 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 uh, created into becoming these like forms of tacos and right. how each person makes their own version of carnitas whether it's like you know it might be the same pork meat but they use different oils they use different ingredients in order to create um a ta- like some taquitos de, de carnitas you know and it's a beautiful thing because if you think of al pastor it's not even mexican mm-hmm. you know it's middle eastern it's true you know what i mean it's so true. it's like but we have adopted it you know <laughs> yeah now paso it's been like it's it's a thing I mean, mm-hmm. classical. You've mm-hmm. eaten that classical before. You're like, mm-hmm. man, classical gets down, like mm-hmm. down on on food. You know, those oh, are those dude, are the things yes. that I miss out here. Is that like, um, you can't get good, 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 good taco. Like I haven't had, and I've had some tacos out here, man. Mm-hmm. I've had some tacos, and they're satisfying. You know, mm-hmm. I can I can go to sleep, and I'll be like, okay, well, craving averted, but. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not gonna go back for another four months. Where is like where in El Paso? It's like, dude, let's go to Clásico. Let's go to um, Taco Tote or let's go to Taco Cabana. You know, just yeah, some fucking tacos, man. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so, dude. I, yeah. I, I hear you. Um, like there's this other place in El Paso too that I would go for tacos al pastor. Um, that is kind of around the the area that I live in, like in that central area in El Paso. Uh-huh um oh, i just don't remember what it was called i think it was like chihuahuita or like el chihuahua or something like that um oh yes okay yeah and, yeah and then they have the trompo and everything with that al pastor meat and everything and the dude slicing it there and yeah. everything oh dude it smells yeah. good you walk in and you, just, you know it's that ambiance thing that we were talking and the experiencing you walk in and you're like it hits you it's like oh man that's <laughs> you know it's epic <laughs> Something something that's weird as well. I haven't been to El Paso in almost two years. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like, I, I don't know. Obviously, it's changed. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. But the closer you get to the border, like how you said, El Centro, mm-hmm. there's not much advertising for the taco places or the Mexican food, but they get down. Yeah, but then you true. get to like, but then you get to like the west side or the east side and it's all like millennial owned and so you have to have like beer garden on it, or you have to have you know burger stuff with it yeah. come in. But it's kind of gentrified. It, yeah, it's super gentrified within your own culture. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not too sure. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the politics of El Paso or anything like that. But what I'm <laughs> saying is that like, because you could, you could stay. It's here a conversation and, for another day. For that's sure. a conversation <laughs> for, another, for another thing because, but it's a very you know, where you think that it's yours, it really isn't, man. Like you know people it's a conversation i feel like food is always going to be a conversation mm-hmm. and it's always going to change you know definitely definitely we're having the conversation all right it's 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 meta we've, we've become so meta within yeah, this it. <laughs> <laughs> it's become in, inception like 
Yeah. A lot of uh, my influences are from that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's so funny, dude. Um, so let's speak about your other passion for a little bit. Um, yeah. like so we know about your cooking background now a little bit better. And so I want to know more a little bit uh, or a little bit more about your writing background and how did you get into writing? And you talked about it a little bit that you were going to school for that and you have an um, educational background in that. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you intersect both cooking and writing together? Um, it's, it's an ongoing process still. Okay. I mean, I've I've had a short story published, um, and after that short story was published, I've become a lot more. So it was published like two years ago, or 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and I was one of those kind of writers that was always like, like the same thing about my food, man. I, I just wasn't scared. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I just kept on writing stories and taking them out and just you know, throwing them out there to magazines. And I've gotten a lot of rejection letters in my, in my day, man. A lot of them. Mm -hmm. And when I got the acceptance one for this one, I was ecstatic, man, because I had a goal to be published before I was 30. And I finally did it. It was a small publication, like 500 mm -hmm. copies, but you know, it's still something that I, that I look at that I'm like, okay, I did it, but it may become a little more cautious because I read the story and it, and it, it it might be a little too like misogynistic or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a little more cautious now on what I write and what I'm working on. Um, but getting into writing, I think came from like being in bands, you know, um, mm -hmm. I was kind of like the lyricist. Mm -hmm. It's like when I was a kid, I always, I always had a notebook with me, mm -hmm. you know, and it was mostly just writing down what I thought were songs. But later on was like, probably poetry i don't mm -hmm. remember exactly what i wrote down it was a lot of like teenage angst crap because i was into like all that hardcore <laughs> yeah, yeah. stuff but, you know pop punk all that stuff but yeah yeah you know now to answer your question about like how is it how is it um coming together the both worlds there's this book that i've been working on for like the better part of like maybe two or three years but it's actually evolved a lot from something that even you've read before Mm -hmm. that we were working on together mm -hmm. and it's evolved especially living out here when i came to seattle it was like a total culture shock for me, man. Mm -hmm. and it really centered into this one character that i have right now and he's a cook mm -hmm. you know, he's a he's a hispanic male uh living in a very white city mm -hmm. so that's that's that and he's cooking for you know coming up from taquerias where he used to live now he's cooking a lot of you know american rustic stuff so that's kind of what i'm writing right now that's interesting that's super cool yeah. does, does this story still have that superhero aspect to it still? yeah definitely definitely it has it still has like this like um i guess what would you call it like magical realism but yeah i've i've toned it down a lot more uh-huh um, cause I wanted it to, I don't want it to be about, you know, like about, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not afraid of like him being like a nerdy, um, comic book guy because that's what I am. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it still has that aspect though. 
That's awesome. Because when, I remember when when I read it and I helped you work on it for a little bit that it had it was very like superhero centered and there's a really cool villain involved and all, there's a lot of cool stuff involved and i, yeah. I was just like it, it's really cool i'm looking i would love to read like how it's evolved and stuff so now um, it's more so now it's more centered around culture oh cool like okay. historic like um you know latino culture and being kind of shell-shocked mm -hmm. uh, moving somewhere somewhere new mm -hmm. so yeah and i think that's cool because like I know I experienced that when I moved over here to college station. And mm -hmm. I think that that's something that when somebody, especially if like you're moving away from your hometown, there's always going to be that sense of culture shock because it's yeah. something different. And I, I think that's cool because of how relatable it can be for so many people do. Yeah. You know, definitely. and, uh, definitely. and maybe adding that food aspect to it too. is just adds that extra layer of like, like wow this resonates so strongly with me right 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 exactly oh, that's powerful dude yeah um wow. it's a it's a hard thing to do writing is super tough man it's it's why i like it so much actually mm -hmm. just because it's not easy it comes very very hard for me mm -hmm. obviously um so i don't know it's just challenging i guess no i i can i can relate to that because um i like the style of writing that I do is very different from what the, the type that you do. Yours is more of the creative writing aspect. And dude, that's hard. Like creative writing is legitimately tough. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so is scholarly writing too. It's because, but scholarly writing has more of that, like a structure that you have to follow. Right. Um, but even that, even if you follow that structure, there's still more to it. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's all these like rules behind it too in comparison to more of the creative writing where it's a little bit more um, free flowing. There's still a sense of structure involved, but there's more like imagination involved. And, and uh, I don't know, it's a little bit more abstract in comparison to uh, yeah. the, the academic world. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, because I feel like the, the creative process is of like, um, you can get lost in it. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's it becomes, oh man, am I am I sounding right? And and at one and at some point, you know what I mean. Like your influences, they distract you as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to break away from from those influences and stuff like that. I could see that. Yeah, and I I think because you don't want to you don't want it to hinder you down either. Yeah, you because know? well, not just that, but because you you become obsessed with trying to sound like them when the whole point of writing is to make your own voice yeah so and, and that correlates to the cooking aspect too yeah very much so dude very much so so i mean i feel in a lot of ways you know i'm i want to uh, you know i'm still i'm still really young i don't know what's going on i don't know i don't know what's going to go on with like my life but because i can't tell the future but mm -hmm. these two mediums that i've that I've invested my time into is something that I already have mm -hmm. and I'm going to keep on pursuing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, bring it on, man. Like I, I'm, I'm curious to, you know, to, cause the thing is that like, if I talked, if I could go back in time to talk to my 20 year old self, I would be like, dude, write a lot more and kind of like, don't worry so much if you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
it doesn't matter. And he wasn't like that 20 year old was still fucking like, just screw it, man. I'm going to write. And you know, that's what I did. That's cool, dude. Like, I wish I had that confidence that early on, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's taking me a while to build that confidence up, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and, and kind of like, like in, with you, with your, with like chefs being your mentors and stuff, I've had a group of mentors too that kind of guided me and kind of molded me into yeah. uh, the person and scholar that I am today or scholar in the mm-hmm. making. Cause I don't, I really don't call, consider myself like a full scholar yet. I can, I call yeah. myself a researcher more than a scholar because I haven't right. gotten that degree yet. So, um, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. There, it's a whole thing that, you know, it's a philosophical thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And the hierarchy that goes into it, but um, <laughs> but you know, I think that's one of those cool intersecting things that I think that that both of our professions have too. On on top of like so many others that we've talked about too, that our our mentors have really guided us and helped us become yeah. who we are today. You know, and help build up that confidence, whether it's in writing, whether it's in cooking, whether it's in mentorship or whatever it is you know or even volunteer work like like uh that you've done too and so let's talk a little bit about that like i know that you're doing some volunteer work right now um yeah speak a little bit about that and tell us tell tell us what's up so um seattle's been kind of like a hot spot for the protests that are going on Mm -hmm. you know 2020 has been lit you know (laughs) (laughs) in more ways than one uh, in every aspect of the of of like oh shit moments it is mm. giving us that mm-hmm. and um you know i was here for the riots i mean mm-hmm. i live downtown mm-hmm. and i live maybe like like four blocks away from chaz chop um mm-hmm. you know that you've heard of it right chaz a chop mm-hmm. the yeah so um you know i just i experienced the tear gas coming into my into my room into my um my apartment. Oh wow! I went outside to go check it out, and you could just hear people running all over the place, and then mm-hmm. people just yelling like, "Yo, um, they're setting downtown on fire!" And so I tried. I tried going down there because, you know, I'm a writer, man. I feel like writers are historians. I mean, we mm-hmm. we document what's going on. So I did. I made my way down there, and the the closer I got to downtown, you can hear like the chance you could you could um it was so perfect too because i will tell you this too i woke up in the middle of the day because you know quarantine life you wake up whenever you whenever you do <laughs> um so i wake up to this huge bang dude and i'm just like what the hell is that and then boom 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 and i look outside and i texted my friend i was like yo like they're shooting up seattle like it's crazy and i went outside and then like it was so perfect because it hadn't rained in like maybe a week mm. and it was just pouring down that night, that morning, pouring down and you just hear sirens, chants, the smoke in the air. It looked like a, like a movie, man. Mm-hmm. It was like out of a movie. And then my skin just started burning. Oh my gosh. Because of the tear gas. It was just, and I had to go back home to wash it all off and stuff. So I didn't go the rest of the night, but, um, you know, I've never been one for for protesting or anything like that. But I felt like I, 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 there was something that somebody said. I can't remember what they said or where I saw it. But 
they said like you don't have to be out there actively you know like protesting or whatever you can help out in many ways mm-hmm. and a chef friend that i met uh working in one of the kitchens he called me up one day and he goes look man i have a lot of volunteers right now but they're not kitchen people and i need i need a cook i need somebody that could get stuff done so i said this is what this is what i'm going to do this is how i'm going to contribute to black lives matter you know mm-hmm. to feeding the protesters you know mm-hmm. we work out of a commissary kitchen in um I don't want to say where just for fear of like yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah I understand. Um, so we work out of a commissary kitchen and it's um it's been nice we're taking a, a break right now because last night i don't know if you saw the news but um somebody opened up some automatic rounds mm-hmm. so um we're gonna be taking a little break right now um just because the the chef that's running it's a little He's he's kind of like I, I feel like they targeted me. Well, I don't want to I don't want to get into that kind of stuff, but I'm just saying like yeah yeah you know, yeah. You know we're gonna take a little break from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it's been fun. I mean, I feel like the thing that he because I don't go down there to serve. I just cook and then I go home because mm-hmm. I feel like this because I'm working part time for another restaurant right now. So I feel like this sense of responsibility to not get COVID because I'm mm-hmm. serving people. Oh, definitely, so, dude. So you know. You know, my my job as a as a cook is to nourish and not harm. So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to spread more more um, of that of what's going on right now. So yeah, man, that's been that's been that's kind of what is going on right now. It's just he is something interesting that he told me is that it is a lot of protesters eating, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more homeless people eating as well. Oh wow! Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because that's another shock that I had when I came to Seattle It's something that you don't see in El Paso very much unless you go, unless you're coming from like Juarez mm-hmm. and then, and then, and in the downtown area, you see a lot more homeless people, but here is homeless everywhere. Man. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I felt, go ahead, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. I just felt like I needed to do something to help out, you know? No, and I think that that's great that you are, dude. It's like you're using the passion that you have and what you love to help others and to bring a smile to others, dude. And I yeah. think that that's one thing that both writing and and cooking do, you know. Uh, through narrative, we can make people laugh, cry, and make feel, make them feel like all these different emotions. Same thing with food. I think that that's, you know, with food, you can make people feel like, wow, I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I am or give them a sense of nostalgia or go into all these deeper levels of, again, going back to that experience that we were talking about earlier in the, in our conversation, it's, yeah. it, it can, it create, you know, food really does set a mood, you know, whether yeah. it's bring, bringing, you know, a happy meal or yeah. like literally, you know, like a happy meal from McDonald's or in this case, you're making somebody happy through the meal that you're giving them, you know, right. and it's just, you know, that, that's powerful, dude. The power yeah. of, the stuff that you're doing and the and the stuff that you're creating has a lot more weight to it than people realize. And I think that that's beautiful, Jerry. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Dude, of course. If I could I, shout out, if I could shout out to uh, uh, feed the movement, Seattle.com. If you guys, if you guys are listening, uh, even a dollar contribution helps out to buy the food for these people that are out there protesting night and day. You know what I mean? feeding feeding the homeless as well yeah so definitely give that website a check out because uh 
you know, any way people can support and everything like that, by all means, dude, shout it out. It's all good. Even a dollar, man. Even a dollar helps out, man. It's uh, feedthemovementseattle.com. So that's feedthemovementseattle.com. So, yep. you know, be sure to donate or, or like help out in any way, do some research, you know, if you're down for uh, movements like this or just helping others, this is a great way to do it. Right. And um, that's, that's awesome. So, um, so much. no, dude, I think that's, that's awesome, dude. I loved all the stuff that you're doing, Jerry. And I'm, I'm excited, dude. I can't wait to see, you know, I, one, I can't wait to taste one of your meals, bro. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had a chance to taste one of the meals yet so yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, one day i hope to be able to do that dude yeah, and definitely. oh whether you own your own restaurant your own your own place or just at at, at some place that we're, we're at together you know that you, you cook a dish or something I, i'm down one day to be able to taste one of your dishes i can't wait to read um you know what your your next published work whether it's this novel that you're working on, the story that you're working on, or an article about food or something like that, bro. Um, you know, I, and, you know, I'm very proud of the way that you've grown within these couple of years, because I remember when you first told me that you were thinking about moving to Seattle. Um, and I was just like, oh man, you know, that's, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. but dude, the growth that you've made from when you first started there to what you, you're doing now, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, phenomenal dude thank you man so, thank you man it's just um like it's like how we were talking earlier it's just like take it day by day and just mm -hmm. don't give up man it's just like, it's, it's following the dream bro it's what it following is the dream. it's following that dream and if you really love what you're doing you know no matter how hard it might be how mentally exhausting it might be at times or whatever it might be you know if you are in love with what you do and you're passionate about what you're doing never stop following that dream and yeah. uh that's one of the things you know that's one of the themes that i found within each of these episodes that i've <laughs> done with with um you know my friends and with these fellow academics or you know people who are just doing awesome things it's like like yourself jerry it's just like mm -hmm. you know people care about this you know it's something they're passionate about and right. that passion guides them in ways that i guess that they never thought would would have happened and it's inspiring not only for yeah. You know, me is is the person interviewing you, but I hope for others listening too. So, dude, I think that that's that's beautiful, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. So, um, are there any other shout outs, or how are some other ways that people can check out your your work, Jerry? Um, so my writing work, um, I haven't really been doing much on that, but my page is uh, gr boss uh, at uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think it's g underscore boss, and I post a lot of my my cooking stuff on there i'm going to start a page pretty soon to kind of like uh, like a domain kind of thing mm -hmm. i'm not too sure on what it is that i'm that i'm gonna put on there it's like how you're saying right now a lot of this stuff like it it last year I, it was a lot of grassroots kind of thing like mm -hmm. building myself into this person that i am now mm -hmm. um becoming a cook in a fast-paced kitchen, it takes a lot from from you because um, you have to be disciplined and you have to take care of your guy next to you. Mm -hmm. um, so this year has been a little more like, okay, well, now you're you're getting somewhere. What's the next? So I don't really know what it is right now. At the moment, I'm kind of like, all right, I gotta go next level now. You know, I've I've come to a point where it's like. Hey, you're doing something and you've chosen these careers 
or these 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 mediums or platforms. Mm-hmm. So I get I don't know, just watch out for me, I guess. <laughs> do, if if you ever do come up with a website and you you put both your writing and your food work together, I think that's gonna be awesome. I think that that's that's good. that's an awesome website. I think you should make that happen, bro. Yeah, I was thinking I posted up a thing like on Facebook the other day. It was just like I have I have I use Facebook sometimes like a Twitter kind of thing because I don't have mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, maybe I should come up with like a portfolio because I've done a lot of stages and stuff like that. And I like taking pictures of the food that I do, but mm-hmm. you know, just a portfolio would probably help out. But like yeah. I said, last year has been grassroots and well, pandemic ha- happened and now it's like, all right, you know, just a little, a little time of, of limbo doesn't hurt anybody, you know? <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's true. Um, <laughs> realigning my chakras (laughs) dude i think that so many people are doing that right now and taking advantage of it it's definitely yeah definitely yeah um so besides your writing instagram page what are some other pages or um other spots that you would love to shout out uh before we end this episode um definitely just uh feed the movement right now is pretty much like the only thing that i'm that i'm actively working on right now Mm -hmm. um i wish there were more um, you know, organizations that I, that I, that I'm working with, but like I said, last, last year was very grassroots and I was trying to build myself as a good cook. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a good cook now. Um, I'm looking into culinary school, so we'll see, we'll see about that. Nice bro. Um, um yeah, like right now, like I said, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm nobody right now either. You know, I'm just a guy that loves what he's doing and I'm loving life right now, you know? Um, I feel like life is an adventure. <laughs> That's what's up. No, it definitely is, dude. And it's a part of that growth process that that we all are going through at that moment, you know. And I think, you know, this experience that you're gaining is only going to help you in the long run. Right. So, so, I mean, the volunteer work, it's 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 been something that I've been passionate about. I mean, I, I cooked for the Child Crisis Center when I was back in El Paso one time. Mm-hmm. That was pretty awesome. I don't know you know, I have these three, these three kind of things that I'm doing mm-hmm. and they all, they're all kind of callings. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes one of them is a little higher than the other, someone or louder than the other. Mm-hmm. But, um, in the long run, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very enthusiastic and curious of like what, you know, the future brings, you know, definitely dude. Cause you never know. And I think, yeah. And I think, like, with with the passions that you have, like, the sky's the limit, dude. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm excited for you. Like I said, I'm I'm super thrilled <laughs> for you, bro. And once you have that portfolio, let me know, and we'll highlight it here at yeah, Academics and Amigos, bro. And um, like I said, I, I I know you're meant for great things, bro. So I'm thank looking you. I'm looking forward to all the great things that you're gonna be doing with your life. And I I can't wait to you know, like I said, try this food and. And, and read your, your book, read your stories and, and continue <laughs> to hear like all the amazing work. And I wouldn't doubt that maybe one day you'll start your own nonprofit organization to help <laughs> others. Dude. So it has, okay. not, it has crossed my mind, actually. It has yeah. crossed my mind, <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't doubt that, bro. So yeah, just, man. just, uh, you know, I think the stuff that you're doing, you're on the right path, man. So never stop, right. you know, never, never doubt that. Always just keep going the path that you're taking and, you know, thanks for being a guest, dude. Like, I, you no, know, this was a fascinating conversation. 
and <laughs> it was awesome, bro. So thank you so much. I appreciate thank you so much. it. No, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jerry, for being a guest this week on Academics and Amigos. For more on Gerardo, be sure to check out GR underscore Paz. That's his Instagram handle. And for more on Academics and Amigos, be sure to check out our website at www.arramirez.com slash academics and amigos. Be sure to follow us, like us, and tweet at us on all our social media sites. Okay, so we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So just follow, like, and all that good stuff. So thank you for listening as always. And to my friends out there, please stay safe, take care of yourselves, and be cool, and stay awesome. Bye.